welcome to Clapped, a podcast on all things basketball with a specific emphasis on the NBA. And this is our all-star special edition. My name is Aurin Valuri and I'm here with Veer Gupta and Jay Kandwala. And we are going to be making our predictions for what we think is going to go down an all-star weekend. Our first topic is going to be the new all-star format, which basically is different from last year's in the sense that the score resets at the start of every quarter and whichever captain wins that quarter gets the donation to the charity of their choice. And in the last quarter, the team with the highest score has 24 points added to that score and that score becomes the total that both teams chase. Whichever team hits that total wins and the 24 is obviously in honor of Kobe Bryant. I feel like it's a little too complicated a format. If they just wore Kobe jerseys or something like that and came out of the game, it would have the same kind of impact. But at the same time, I've seen that off late. The NBA seems to be really dynamic with how they're trying to you know, shake things up. And that's kind of characteristic of them because they tend to do that every decade or so. But the thing is, with this all-star change and with the proposed mini-series they're going to have in-season with the lowest-seeded teams, the NBA is really trying to shake things up with things they're trying to introduce, including reducing the number of games in a season. But as far as this format is concerned, I guess it's hard, obviously, and it's going to be something that quite clearly just yells Kobe Bryant, right? The team with the highest score has a lower total to chase. And so you'd want to be in the highest score and you get more rewards for it over the course of the quarters. That makes sense, but it's a little complicated. I agree with you that it's complicated, but the other thing I believe is that this was announced two or three days after his death. And that is a very, very short period to plan such a big change. I think it's honestly not thought out by the executives. I think that it's a decision that was just put together really fast. But of course, it's a tribute, so it's good for the league and all of that. What more could you have asked for? Is there, there isn't a more innovative way they could have done this, I feel. Jay, thoughts? Uh, yeah, I agree with the both of you. It is very, very confusing. It took me a couple of times to understand what the hell was going on. But I think the best part about it, actually, feel is that it has come up in such less time two, three days after Kobe's death. That's how much of an effect he had because everyone was hurt and this year they wanted to make something special happen in the All-Star game in memory of him. I think that it's it's good for that purpose. But I think something simpler could have happened if it was at least a week or a little more than a week. If you want to hear our thoughts on the passing of Kobe Bryant, please refer to our last episode. But... Everyone here at Clapped is affected, and I'm sure everyone around the world is too. Nice blood drop the last episode, man. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be nice, slight nice, that way, you know what I mean? Plugged <laughs> it in very well. <laughs> there were videos of everyone who was affected by the incident, and then by doing this, they're doing justice to what he was for us. I feel it's doing justice to what the players want. I mean, they invented the extent of postponing a GM at the Staples Center because of how shocked and devastated people were. So, Kobe obviously has spent about half his life in the league, 20 years in the league, 21 years outside. So, it seems only fitting. But on a much brighter note, moving on to devastation. <laughs> Let's talk about the all-star snubs who were devastated. <laughs> Isn't that a great segue? <laughs> Jay, what do you think? Who's your biggest all-star snub? I mean, there's definitely discussions about Devin Booker. Anyone else that comes to mind and why Devin Booker? Why not anyone else? Devin Booker, 
of course, um, that's the biggest snub that everyone's been talking about. He's been having one of the best best seasons of his career. His career has been not been that long, but he's proved <laughs> that he deserves to be on an all-star team. But there are so many other players that do deserve to be all-stars, as well as Andre Drummond, who has a league high of 15.6 rebounds per game. And in the all-star game, he's averaging 17.2 points per game. That's pretty good for everyone who just wants to score in the all-star game. Zach Levine also should have been there because, obviously, he added a career-high 13 three-pointers, which was unbelievable and... He's a high flyer. He, I think he's carried the Chicago Bulls a long way from what they were last year. And I think this would have been some recognition for him that, you know, he's doing the right thing. So for me, the thing is, it's not just about who's a snub, right, at the All-Star game, but it's about who would you replace in the current All-Star squad if they would actually fit in. So the way I see it, in the Western Conference, if you look at someone who... You want to put in, right? So if Phoenix is in the West and you want Devin Booker to come in, who are you really going to take out? If you look at the list, most people make an argument that the weakest link, I mean, quote-unquote weakest link, people would argue most against Russell Westbrook being in, right? But at the same time, the way I see it, the way Russell Westbrook has commanded, you know, respect across the league, being someone who was the league MVP, and whether we like calling him a stat pad or not, he did go on to average a triple-double. So the thing is, if, if you have a player like that, who has probably been in arguments for top five, maybe top ten at worst players in the league for the past couple of years, you're not just going to have a guy like Devin Booker come in and take his spot. I think the issue with the snubs is quite clearly that they just see, didn't seem to be as many slots for them, right? And if you look at the snubs, Zach Levine had, had a pretty good bunch of games. There was that really good one where like he hit the go-ahead basket and everything of the sort. But I think that the people who are currently in the All-Star game are extremely deserving of this spot. There are many, many players who you could argue were there. But you cannot deny the greatness of the current rosters. I really agree with you, Gal. But I was just looking at the current reserves. And one player that popped up was Donovan Mitchell. I love Donovan Mitchell. I think he's a great player. But I was looking at his numbers. And when you compare them to... Let's just take Devin Booker as an example. This season, Devin Booker is averaging 26.7 points, 4.1 rebounds, and 6.3 assists, where Donovan Mitchell is only averaging 24.6 points and 4.2 rebounds a game, but having slightly more assists with 4.3. So, like you said, you can go back, but um, Donovan Mitchell is averaging less points and less rebounds per game. Also, his teammate Rudy Gobert is also an all-star reserve. But no one else from the Phoenix Suns is an all-star, clearly, and has not been for quite a while now. Which just goes to show that Donovan Mitchell has some help, where Devin Booker's completely doing it on his own. And I think that also comes with the point that he, he was a snub this year. I think that argument can feed back in the other way as well, because if Donovan Mitchell has help, Obviously, yes, his assists will be higher, but the fact that he's averaging nearly the same number of points, and yes, much significantly less rebounds, but you got, you got to look at the kind of role, right? Obviously, Devin Booker doesn't go ahead grabbing rebounds either, but like, it's not the stat that you should be using to dismiss an all-star. The thing is, if Donovan Mitchell is averaging 24.2 points a game with people like Rudy Gobert, 
and the entire Utah Jazz, which is clearly a better team than the Phoenix Suns, right? So if he's going ahead to do those kind of things, despite having help and sharing the ball, right, it comes down to usage rate. I think you could still argue for Donovan Mitchell, and that's what that's what makes the whole All Star snub thing a little grey because any player who's snubbed obviously doesn't want to be snubbed, and they're obviously yeah. like really fed up about it. But at the same time, like there's nothing you can do. There are a certain number of spots, and in the end, I guess the fans and players have spoken. There's nothing more to say. How can I not go on talking about Cat? Um, <laughs> I find it interesting that he was snubbed, but this time I think that he didn't deserve it, and that's cool because it was either Gobert or him, and uh, because he's been playing and uh, he's injured as well. He was injured for about a month and a half, and Timbo's are currently on a 13-game losing streak. 13. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I remember he tweeted out about Devin Booker getting snubbed. Like, what the hell is that? How can he get snubbed? So yeah, I just find it interesting how that other narrative is there that what may happen to him and what may happen to Booker. Maybe they go out join another team. Let's move on to a fan favorite, which is, in my opinion, the most exciting and amazing thing to watch on the All-Star Weekend. Obviously, the dunk contest. Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine put on a show for us in 2016 where they had this ultimate brilliant battle and I find it thrilling to see that Zach Levine is in the three-point contest while Aaron Gordon is in the dunk contest. So we have four people in the dunk contest. Obviously, there are there is the obvious pick. Who is Aaron Gordon after, after losing out in that amazing duel which he had and then tanking so badly the next year after he tried that nonsense with the drone. <laughs> Um, so yeah, my pick is my pick is Aaron Gordon to win it, but I feel there is a dark horse in John Jr. I think that at least the finals in my point of view is going to be Aaron Gordon and Dwight Howard. I love Dwight Howard. I love Aaron Gordon. But I think Dwight's going to take it with this one. He's a big guy who's going to do cool dunks. And that speaks for itself, if you ask me, because it's not often that you have a seven-footer doing some crazy things in the air. With regards to what you just said, right? Aaron Gordon's obviously like, whew, like you shouldn't pick against him. But my heart's <laughs> telling me Dwight Howard, dude. I'm just yeah. saying, like, look, Dwight Howard used to throw down these insane dunks during the contest. On yeah. what was it? Was it like 12 feet rims or something? I mean, he used to do that. Man. Yeah. True, he used to do that. So here's here's the thing. If Dwight Howard has somehow salvaged at least like 90% of the athleticism that he used to have. I know I said at least, but you get, you get what I mean. If Dwight Howard gets that athleticism back, he's clearly winning this dunk contest. He's going to put on his Superman cape and just like fly through at the competition. If I was to make a rational pick, I would go with either Aaron Gordon or Junior as Pete said. Fair enough. To something that has four people to something that has almost double. That's a very bad segue, but I think let's move on to the <laughs> three point contest, which in my opinion which has eight people. Yeah. So this year you have Zach Levine as I spoke about, and then you have the usual guys. But my standout pick for this is Damian Lillard. And with the fact that they're changing the rules this time, that you can get an additional point for the shot that is further away from the usual three-point line, 
Damon Lillard is known as that specialist, Logo Lillard. Yeah, Logo Lillard. So if he can shoot it from there, what's the problem from him shooting it five feet away from the three-point line? So he's my pick. Boys? I also agree with Damian Lillard being absolutely a dominating factor at the three-point contest. But we've also seen some amazing three-point shooting from Trey Young of the Atlanta Hawks. Just like Damian Lillard, most of his threes are pretty far out. And I would also think that he has a solid chance to win this year. Rightly so. But the thing is, I'm not even sure at this point, but I'm probably going to go with Damian Lillard just merely because he's had more of those games where you go like, geez, like Logo Lillard, like from half court. I feel like ultimately the three-point contest is just a contest of who can get into their rhythm the fastest, right? Whoever starts making the same stroke over and over and over again becomes the person to kind of do it. And if you see both Damian Lillard and Trey Young during the regular games, they take so many shots that are so unbalanced. It just seem like, yo, you shouldn't be making that. But at the same time, I think Damian Lillard, purely based off experience, is going to take this right away. Fair enough. I just wish Kyle Cover was there. I love him. <laughs> for God's sake, he was traded for a photocopy machine. <laughs> story. I love that man to death. And please, I wish, I mean, at least once before he retires, I just wish he's in that three-point contest with his little mouth guard sticking out of his mouth, waiting to catch the ball and then throwing up in the air to make that shot. Wouldn't that just be great? One person who I think is like Kyle Cover is Amartya Menon. <laughs> I don't know where you know Amartya Menon. Comment down below if you think that Kyle Cover is like Amartya Menon. I mean, I'm telling you, don't tell me that he doesn't remind you of that man. Because it's just the same. They both are just the same. The way Amartya Menon throws up the same shots. <laughs> I hope we can pull up a comparison of the two of them right now because that'd be great. Um, but yeah, if you don't know, um, search up Kyle Cover and look up Mr. Tiggles on Instagram and tell me that they don't look the same. Amartya, I'm sorry, requests are coming your way. <laughs> Moving on to our last and final topic, uh, the skills challenge, which I mean is quite. I'd say the most boring event of the All-Star Weekend, opinion. And because of the fact that the most buzz that's coming around it is the memes around it, saying that Pat Beverly would be an obstacle in it and not an actual participant. <laughs> <laughs> Thoughts about the Steel's Challenge? Because I honestly don't know who's participating and that just shows you my interest. Participating is obviously, like we said, Patrick Beverly, uh, then DeMontis Sabonis, uh, Chris Middleton, Jason Tatum, who is who was last year's winner, um, Dam Adebayo, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Pascal Siakam. Like we said, it's the most boring thing out of all three because the most exciting thing was when Jason Tatum hit that uh, half-out shot. And that was about it. That's all we heard from that night. And yeah, just whoever wins, wins. Yeah, I mean, if you ask me who was the winner two years ago, I wouldn't know. That's how invested I am in this. I mean, the only thing I can remember about this year is the fact that Derek was dropped out of the skills challenge and I'm like, hey, there's bros my reason for not watching it. To be very honest, the skills challenge is probably the least interesting of the, the contest, right? But at the same time, the skills challenge really isn't a measure 
of skill at all to be very honest it's kind yeah. of just a competition of who's the luckiest on that day if you know what i mean if you always see what's going on there's this dude who like they, they he just tries to take a gamble and tries tries throwing a pass through that through that one hoop in like seconds he's just like boom like it's it's there right but there are other people who like take their time and everything and then it hits the bottom and just goes away like it's just a measure of few centimeters and then like there could be this guy who was ahead during the entirety of the skills challenge but one person just has to take a three pointer from behind him from near half court and that goes in and then boom that person's the winner right so i think it's going to go down to either dinwiddie siakam or tatum if i had to pick one it's going to be tatum i don't trust siakam sure. three point shot enough to let <laughs> get there but you know i think it's going to be tatum yeah i think tatum's also quick he's a good passer and uh, he's going to bring it home again at the time of this recording LeBron and Giannis haven't picked their teams yet they're going to but blind pick who do you think is going to win without knowing the team i think it's going to be team lebron i'm going to go team giannis i'd say team snubs and let's keep it interesting <laughs> all right guys but thank you for listening thank you for tuning into the all star special of clapped i hope you enjoyed it i hope you enjoyed our picks and we're going to reconvene after the all star game yeah, i'm brooding so for you dwight howard like, don't let don't me down do not I want you to be like the old superman not like man of steel you know what i mean that's kind of different i'm going for right now this game i watched i watched it in cinema <laughs> yeah oh my god i have a bad story about that maybe you can hear about that on our next episode so yeah that's me vid gupta arun wal and j kandalwala kandalwal kandwala <laughs> say what you want bro <laughs> ஜெய்ஸ்லாம்